Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Our second reading is from Acts chapter nine, chapters 9 and 11. This is, these are excerpts from those chapters. For several days, he, Saul, was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. All who heard Saul were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem among those who invoked this name? And has he not come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priest? Saul became increasingly more powerful and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. When he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples there, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took Saul, brought him to the apostles, and described for them how on the road to Damascus he had seen the Lord, who had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had spoken boldly in the name of Jesus. So Saul went in and out among them in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He spoke and argued with the Hellenists, but they were attempting to kill him. When the brothers and sisters learned of it, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, and they spoke the word to no one except Jews. But among them were some men of Cyprus and Cyrene who, on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists also, proclaiming the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number became believers and turned to the Lord. News of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas up to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast devotion, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch, so that it was for an entire year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Today we kick off our summer series on spiritual gifts. And we're asking the question all summer, what is a spiritual gift? How do we discern them in ourselves? How do we affirm them in others? And over the next nine weeks, we'll address these questions by walking through nine gifts of the Spirit, nine ways that God is building up this church. We'll cover gifts like encouragement, discernment, generosity, music and arts, evangelism, teaching, hospitality, administration, and faithfulness. If this doesn't sound like a complete list, it's not. Don't get hung up on that. It's not a complete list. It's not a comprehensive list. The Bible contains at least four different lists of spiritual gifts, four different lists. There's one in Romans. There's one in 1 Corinthians. There's a different one in the book of Ephesians. Why are there so many lists? I think it's because every faith community needs a different list. Every faith community has different needs. And who is to restrict God from knowing what we need 
and providing for it. So our God who knows what we need before we ask pours out gifts as diverse as the church itself. So that's our list of nine, but just know that there are many more and know that where there is a need in the church, God provides for it. Today we kick off our series with the spiritual gift of encouragement. What do you think of when you hear the word encouragement? Who do you think of? Our Bible is full of encouragers, just like our lives are full of encouragers. In the Bible, we find men and women who offer comfort and camaraderie in difficult times. We find people who dare to hope in the midst of despair. We find people whose words and actions encourage us even today. The Bible is full of encouragers. But if there is one person in all of Scripture one person from Genesis to Revelation who demonstrates the gift of encouragement, that person is Barnabas. You thought I was going to say someone else. You might have thought I would say a name you actually recognize. Some of you might have thought I was going to say Jesus, but I wasn't going to say Jesus. I wanted to say Barnabas. Barnabas is the example we have, the best example I see in our scripture of an encourager. But who is Barnabas? Who is he? We meet Barnabas in Acts chapter 4. That was several chapters before our New Testament reading today. We meet him in Acts chapter 4, and we read that he was devoted, so devoted, so passionate about his faith that he sold a field and laid the money at the feet of the apostles. It was a radical act of generosity. And this is our first introduction to Barnabas. We learn that he is generous. The church in Jerusalem has barely found its feet when its members begin to face persecution. And the chief persecutor of the church is the person you, you, you thought those passages were about, that person named Saul. We know him as the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was the chief persecutor of the church and Paul has made a name for himself persecuting Christians. He's been yanking Christians from their homes and throwing them into prison all around Jerusalem. And when the, the, the pickings get slim in Jerusalem, Paul decides to go hunt for Christians in Damascus. That's why he's on the road to Damascus when he has a come to Jesus moment. Or we might say Jesus comes to Paul. Paul, we know him as Paul, he's blinded by a bright light he hears a voice asking, why are you persecuting me? And in that moment, he switches teams. He converts fully and wholly to Christianity. And like any new Christian, the first thing he does is he seeks out a church. Where is the heart of this Jesus movement? Well, it's back in Jerusalem. So Paul goes back to Jerusalem. And there's where we pick up our reading today, Acts chapter 9. Paul shows up in Jerusalem hoping to join with the disciples there to study with them, to pray with them, to learn with them, to worship with them, but they don't want anything to do with Paul. Among the disciples in the Jerusalem church is one named Barnabas. Barnabas, the generous donor. With the others, he hears that Paul is in town, but when everyone else stonewalls Paul, doesn't want him around, Barnabas hears him out. 
He listens to Paul's story and he believes it. He sees God at work in Paul when no one else can. Barnabas goes back to the Jerusalem church and he convinces them to give Paul a chance. We don't get the Apostle Paul without Barnabas. And we might not have even known his name. Acts chapter 11 tells us that this situation actually happens again. While Paul is being nurtured in Jerusalem, a group of believers are organizing themselves into a church plant in Antioch. That is 300 miles north of Jerusalem. That new congregation begins to grow like crazy. There are so many converts, they need some help. So who heads up the coast to Antioch? We almost forgot his name. Barnabas heads up the coast to Antioch. And when he gets there, he realizes that he doesn't have the right skills, not all the skills this church needs. This church needs a teacher. They need a good teacher, a tireless teacher. So Barnabas the encourager knows just the guy for the job. What the church at Antioch needs is Paul, but the church at Antioch doesn't want Paul because the church at Antioch formed from religious refugees who fled north to avoid the persecution in Jerusalem that Paul was perpetrating. They know exactly who he is. You don't invite a lion over for dinner, right? So why invite Paul into their church? Once again, Barnabas vouches for Paul. He convinces the locals to accept Paul into this faith community, and under the nurture of Paul and Barnabas, the church in Antioch continues to mature. It is at Antioch, we read, that the first followers of Jesus are called Christians. This church sponsors Paul's first mission. So we don't get Paul's first mission, and I don't think we get any of the rest, again, without Barnabas. Paul's first mission, he travels with Barnabas, carrying the message of Jesus across Asia Minor. Barnabas brings Paul in. Barnabas stands by Paul when no one else will. Barnabas believes in Paul. So I ask you, who believes in you? Who believes in you? Who encourages you? Who holds you up? Who's in your corner? Who brings you into the fold? I was 10 years old the first time I wore sneakers to school. It was not because I lived out in the country and we didn't like shoes. It was because in fifth grade, I moved from a small Catholic parochial school to a Southern Baptist prep school. I was Methodist the whole time, so you can imagine my religious confusion. <laughs> I, I went from wearing plaid pinafores and navy knee socks and going to mass every week to wearing normal clothes. Only I didn't have any normal clothes and I didn't know how anyone my age dressed. The first day of school is always daunting. It's especially daunting when you're the new kid. It's especially daunting when you're the new kid and you don't know if your brand new tennis shoes are the right kind. But I made it through that first morning. I sat in the desk, the teacher assigned me, I did what she said, I kept my head down, and then lunchtime rolled around and I had to leave my assigned seat. 
The classroom was comfortable. The cafeteria was a jungle. It was three times larger, three times louder than the one at my old school. Every table was filled with kids I didn't know. Everyone had their place. Everyone had a place except for me. Have you ever felt alone like that? Adrift, without friends, without a foothold, not sure where you're supposed to go or what you're supposed to be doing. Well, if you have, you know what a miracle it is when someone pulls you in. I stood at the edge of the cafeteria wanting to be anywhere but there. I was seriously considering throwing away my lunch and hiding in the bathroom until the bell rang when a girl with short brown hair and big glasses waved me to her table. At first, I thought it was a mistake. It was not a mistake. She intended to invite me to sit with her. Her name was Kelly. She was ordinary in every way, but in my mind, she had just worked a miracle. Kelly vouched for me. She introduced me to the people she was sitting with. She pulled me in. I sat with her that day. I sat with her the next day. I sat with her for two years until her friends became my friends and her school became my school. That's the power of a single act of encouragement. Kelly refused to let me alone. And Barnabas refused to let Paul alone. Barnabas refused to turn his back on Paul because he saw God working through him. Who has refused to let you alone? Who has used their gift of encouragement to build you up? And not just you, but this whole church. Because that's what makes a difference. That's what makes a difference between a person who is encouraging and a person who has the spiritual gift of encouragement. The spiritual gift is from God for the benefit of and the building up of the church. This congregation has been blessed with encouragers over the years. In a few minutes, we'll have a chance to write the name of someone in this church in whom we've seen the gift of encouragement. I asked the staff for some examples of encouragers, but I don't want to tell you their names because I want you all to come up with the names yourselves. But I will say this, we've lost some wonderful encouragers over the last year. We've lost some wonderful ones. Some of the names that came up included Tim Hammond. One of the names that came up included Flora Speed. One of the great encouragers of this church in recent memory was someone named Jimmy Scar. Some of you know him. For those that don't, I'm going to tell you about him. Jimmy and his wife, Betty, were devoted to this congregation. They were in this congregation for 40 years. They were devoted to this church. Those who remember Jimmy all say that he was especially devoted to the youth group. In fact, every year we present the Jimmy and Betty Scar Award. This award is given to someone who has gone above and beyond in service to our youth. Some of you here have won that award. I don't know who encouraged Jimmy Scar to get involved with the youth program, but I know that he encouraged half of this congregation to support it. He got so much 
out of supporting the youth. It was so transformative for his life that he encouraged anyone who would listen to be involved as well. According to Paul Sherwood, Jimmy would sit down with the church directory and open to the first page and just start calling people. Can you help cook dinner for the youth on Sunday, June 4th at 5 p.m.? If the person said yes, he'd write their name down. They were in. If they said no, he'd go to the next phone number. He figured a 50% success rate was pretty good, so he just kept doing it. He recruited people to cook dinner, to chaperone trips, to mentor students, to drive the bus. And at the end of all this, people who never imagined they could contribute to student ministry found themselves helping out because of his encouragement. That's the power of encouragement. I didn't know Jimmy Scar, but I do know his son, Bob Scar. I didn't meet Bob here. I met Bob when I worked at First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta during seminary. Bob and his wife, Mary Martha, found out I was from the Marietta area, and they started checking in on me. And as graduation got closer, they started asking more questions like, what was I planning to do next? And what kind of church was I hoping to serve? And a few months before I got my diploma, Bob came up and said, I think First Marietta is about to start looking for an associate pastor. You should look into it. I don't know if the gift of encouragement always runs in families, but it seems to run in the Scar family. And that gift of encouragement is no small gift. Encouragers have the ability to see other people, not for what they are, but for what they could be. And what's more, they see people for who God is calling them to be. So today, I see encouragers here in these pews, and I celebrate the gift that you bring to this church. What a blessing to have you share and build up this congregation with your encouragement. And as you build up this congregation, by extension, you make a difference in our community and in the world. The Belhar Confession in our Presbyterian Book of Confessions reminds us that unity is both a gift and obligation for the Church of Jesus Christ. And that the variety of spiritual gifts, all spiritual gifts, backgrounds, convictions, various languages and cultures within our church are opportunities for mutual service and enrichment with the people of God. This morning, we affirm the spiritual gift of encouragement that's given to individuals in this congregation. And at this time, I want to invite you to take out that card that you got. It says, I am grateful for blank's gift of encouragement. Fill in that blank with an encourager that you've seen. Who is the person who's always looking for an opportunity to build up, to invite in? Who is the person who believed in you, who prayed for you, who checks in with you, or the person you see doing that for others? Write their name on your piece of paper now, and at the end of the service, I'll tell you what to do with that card. Let us pray. God of all blessings, thank you for pouring out your spirit and its gifts on this congregation. Thank you especially this morning for the encouragers among us. They bring a deep well of joy and energy into all they do. And when struggles arise, their enthusiasm carries us forward in the important work of your ministry. 
Uphold them, we pray, nourish them, that they might continue to bring your blessing of encouragement to your people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.